Now, I do realise that we've spent the weekend together. I don't mean me and you, Nick. I don't mean it in that way. I mean as a group, as a team, as a squad, as a fucking community. But to get two questions on the check-ins this week is a fucking piss take, Nick. Do you know what? I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But the first question. Go on. Uh, my clients are all on. Why are you not showing? There we go. My clients are all on different prices at the moment due to a legacy of undercharging when I started six months ago. I'm wanting to go on a monthly membership model that would bring everyone in line, but I'm working, but I'm working through that at the moment. Would you suggest bringing everyone in line at once, or have some? in a holding pattern or transfer people across as and when it's relevant for this will be a big price hike so i could keep them on their current tariff until we go our different ways how would i best manage the newbie fuck up um well you are currently frozen so uh, can you hear me yes okay so my reply to that question would be to rip the plaster off and do it now. Get as many of people. If you want to put the um, payment for everybody on a monthly recurring model, um, I would do that all at once. Um, I know it might be a big step in regards to um, price increases and stuff like that. Um, but we can obviously we have a full kind of module on supporting you with a price increase and and managing that step by step. Plus, obviously, we'll support you with the calls. But my my advice would be for doing this with like hundreds of people, the quicker you can get it into the model of the future of your business, the better. Regardless if it's one step back financially, I know that might not be great at this time, but um, I. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to go around in circles here. The, the quicker you can get it onto that model, the better. But there is a bit of a process of doing that, being that you want to have probably four to eight weeks worth of notice um, to change it over individual conversations with clients and probably planning in an additional product or revenue stream, like an additional service potentially for clients who might not go up in price and reoccurring but will go into, say, another product or revenue stream within your business that might be a similar price to what they're paying now um, or a more convenient model than what you're um, potentially positioning it to be in the future. That would be my advice. What would be your advice, Nick? Um, similar. Well, that's fucking boring, isn't it? Similar. Anything you'd add? No, to be fair, no. Well, thanks very much. What a compliment that is, Nick. Bloody hell. Next question is, what are the important things to consider when planning to open your own gym in relation to business model, location, size, etc.? cetera? Um, first thing is... Hmm. 
I mean, location is is it's probably one of the bigger ones from a convenience perspective for people. So location is going to be incredibly important from um, city centre, town centre, high street or residential. Um, obviously, I, I think you should consider your demographic when you're thinking about location. That's the first thing. Um, if you're running, in my opinion, if your business model is more of a group model, I would consider parking with that as well, at all possible. Parking? Um, what does that mean? Parking? Parking, car parking. All oh, right. I thought you might meant like a, I don't know. Don't no, know. so when location comes in, um, those are the things I would consider from a location standpoint. Um, business model, in my opinion, I don't see a huge amount of value or to your business by opening up a studio when you're doing one-to-one -one only, personally, unless included in the model is to hire out to pts which is where you'll probably make your money um i'm generalizing but that's kind of my take on that business model i truly believe that small group slash large group personal training is the way to go with your own gym it's um it means you don't have to full-on get masses and massive numbers of of members um it means that effectively your outlay and capital for things like kit is is minimal compared to if you're going to open like a bodybuilding gym or something like that um or more like gen kind of pop gym i would say like your typical classes stationary kit blah blah, blah. so i I believe that um, small group slash large group training is, um, if I was going to open a gym, that's what I would do. Um, size would depend on the size of your small group. The it, If you're opening the gym with members already. Um, um, and I think you've got to model that based on your financial targets, which would then work backwards into how many people you need how many you can train what the size of the timetable will be like schedule etc um, so i'd work backwards in that and i would grow due to the demand of your business then you want to grow into something um definitely um and i'm you know this is ideal like if you came across steel of a location and it was a bit bigger than you actually wanted to begin with then you know it's circumstantial um I would, from a from a business model perspective as well, I would consider staffing. Um, personally, again, if I was going to do this, I would aim to employ staff, full-time employ staff or part-time employ staff um, versus having a rent model or a um, you do this amount of classes and I give you, if, if you're going to go in, I'd go all in on it um so fundamentally those are things i would consider um 
Anything you would add, Anthony? Um, no, you covered a lot there uh, in regards to what I would deliver. Um, your product and programming, if you're going to go ahead with small group PT or large group, is everything. Um, everything is built from that, in my opinion. Um, that's what will give you the reputation. It's what will give you everything in regards to um, the community, the vibe, the atmosphere that you create. Yeah, and that. And there was two things that you said that I was going to touch on was I, I would I would not go into a facility um, without employing coaches first, a coach or coaches first. You would absolutely have the budget of that from day one, and I would agree with you. I'd pay them. Um, yeah, and grow to the demand. You said it already, so that that definitely helps in regards to then plowing money back into the business, i.e., making sure that essentially as you do grow to the demand, it's for me as you grow to the demand, it's more than likely you're going to grow and then plow money back into staffing. Like that's the only way that you're going to grow and be able to operate and. Um, allow for growth within the business. Um, yeah, there's lots of, I mean, understandably, lots of gym owners out there will wear many different hats. And in my opinion, they shouldn't be. They should be picking out their strength and kind of um, making sure they go well. Don't get me wrong, initially, you, you have to, but the quicker you can get rid of them hats, the better because otherwise it's going to stunt your growth in a massive, massive way. And that's how most of them fail. Um, graph their arse off wearing multiple different hats when, in theory, probably should have spent just as much money um, or more of the budget on staffing uh, and prioritise that as much as kit and layout and all of that, because essentially that's what's going to grow your business. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then anything else, business model, location, no parking, because people underestimate the importance of it. Um, definitely. No, I'm just going to end up repeating you. What else? Um, no, layout in terms of kit and equipment and stuff, that should be, this is why I said about programming and product, because your programming and product builds everything, including your kit and your layout. So um, I'd get that nailed first. Um, and then you kit and your equipment and layout afterwards. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Excellent. No more questions. That's it. <laughs> uh, anyone watching got any questions? You can come and see what we do at Built Unique as well. It's a fucking good gym, isn't it, Nick? It is. It is indeed. Keep that quiet though. Hmm? Keep that quiet though, don't we? Start talking yeah. about that more actually now. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So I think that'll help a lot of people. Feels like a dirty little secret at the moment, doesn't it, Nick? It does a little bit. Yeah. Why not? It's not anymore. It's not anymore now. No. 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 Mm -hmm. Um for anyone listening to this and still here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, first of all, why are you? Why are you listening? Um, second of all, we've just come off the back of the conference with the guys 
So if you're wondering why we've gone from probably about 15 questions last week to two, it's because everyone's absolutely fucking sick of us. <laughs> That'll do why. Definitely should start with a question box today, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, let's leave it there. Eh? So, what was your takeaway from the conference? Yeah, what was your biggest thing? Um, I think just the point. Oh, well, my first point from the top of my head is that the reassurance people took from not having to stress themselves out, always feeling like they need more knowledge to cover up insecurities or a level of imposter syndrome. What they need to do is be relentlessly curious about the people they have in their business and then make sure that they're meeting that them people where they're at. So that was heavy on the second part of the day with Sky Session, which was unbelievably delivered and really good in the workshop part of it. Um, and then in, in our section on the conscious coaching bit, I think there was some real big light bulb moments for people hearing back their coaching. So people who, and this is me, by the way, back in the day, people who genuinely thought they were good coaching in terms of asking the right questions and all of that, when put in that sales scenario, um, really found that they dominated the, the conversation. They made lots of um, they give lots of advice and suggestions, and that probably has been their downfall potentially in the past of clients coming in, but or coming in not valuing parts of the service. So I think overall that was what I seen people have the biggest kind of light bulb moment. Um, yeah, what about you? Just the amount of value. Just the amount of value. <laughs> It has when we get everyone in a room. And um, secondly, is how much how much it helps to talk to other coaches. And the last one would be about even though we we talk about coaching all the time, we talk we talk about the those two scenarios. We probably talk about one of those scenarios every single week to one of the coaches on one of the calls. Um, is information alone is never going to be rock solid and give you the tools to become a better coach like coaching and that practice so for anyone listening back we did two practical scenarios of coaching um, and the, the, you can never get enough of that that's what's going to do things isn't it knowing it everyone knew what we were doing in the in the you know the been through the education actually applying it is a different thing isn't it yeah it is and what was nice to see was even people pts and coaches who've been with us two years who feel really confident and competent as a coach asking the right questions listening understanding the theories behind um motivational interviewing self-determination theory all of that actually when put in that scenario and being given feedback directly, 360 feedback, realised that they were making a lots more suggestions mm. um, than than they to, to the client than they thought, and therefore were shutting down a level of autonomy. And they probably would have felt really competent at that. And it's not until, and that's not me turning around and saying that they're poor at coaching. They're just on this process, and it is a process of consistent application of it. 
that gets you better. It's like anything in it. Practice makes progress, Nick. Do you know what I'm saying? It does, it does, and it does. So off the back of them getting that feedback, it was just great to hear a couple of them go, fuck, I made a suggestion. In fact, I've just made suggestions about three or four times. And it was just that realisation of it. Um, yeah, really good. And then as they were doing it, it landed and go, oh, that's why this has happened in the past or that's why that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just thought that was really good. And then the only other point I would say is like to have Sky and Dom up at the end and sit there and take questions on what they've done wrong and what they've done right, mm-hmm. I think really started to help people see that even with those really successful PTs, one's gone through the process of private gym, small group PT, open their own gym, the other one's doing unbelievable online and and kind of one of the, now probably one of the biggest educators within the industry in terms of um, client nutrition and all of that, that they had the same processes, hurdles, bumps in the road, self-limiting beliefs, self-doubts, these stuff that they're still shit at that they're not great at, that other PTs brand new are not competent and confident at. And it was just great to see that there was weights lifted off shoulders and started to see, ah, actually, everyone goes through this. And that's just nice to be in a room like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Right. Fantastic. Well, um, what? Short and sweet. Yeah, short and sweet. Um, better get planning the next one. See you in a bit. Bye.